Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for being our helper. We trust in you. Oh God, our salvation. Oh God, our song. At a time like this, we look to you. Oh, we look to you. We look to you. We trust. We love all men, but we trust only you. And we rely on you. In a time where the world appears to be hopeless, declare that you are our hope. You are our hope. And we thank you. Glory to your name. As we look into your word, thank you because faith is stead. Stead in our spirits. Stead for extraordinary results. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. All right. So the theme for today's service is fortress. That's the theme for today's service. I'm going to go into what fortress as a word means. But my objective this morning is to stir your spirit and your mind with the reality of supernatural protection that we have in Christ. There is supernatural protection in Christ. Thank God for everything that you do to be responsible regarding security and all of that protection. But there is supernatural protection in Christ. And hey, it just might be all we have for now. And you have to understand how the spirit realm works. You know, the spirit realm operates on focus. What you pay attention to is what you experience. All right. You see, like I gave this example most of the time, Peter was a fisherman. But Peter never walked on water, and I doubt it ever occurred to him to try. Even though the water was literally his office every day, it didn't occur to him to try. Because he never saw anyone do it. But the same day he saw Jesus do it, he said, can I join you? And that's how the spirit realm operates. You see, there are capabilities that you have in the Lord that you would never experience until it is stirred in the word of God. And that's why at a time like this, if you fear the fear of the world, nothing will be different about you. Nothing will be unique about you. And that's why this is so serious. We have to get into the word and realize what the word of God has said about us at a time like this. It's so crucial, so important. All right? So crucial. Look, look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Oh, do you love the word of God? It says, For So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, He's actually talking about saving faith, but this is the principle of faith generally. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you receive the message of faith, the message of the provision of God in Christ, the message of who you are in Christ, it stirs a faith in you. Faith is stirred, and that's, that's the goal for the service today. At a time like this, it matters what your focus is, you know, um, I think just a few days into the lockdown, I needed a haircut desperately. And there's someone just streets away, you know, who um, could help me out with that. Someone in the estate, actually. You know, so he came to meet me in a, in a church member's house with his clipper. That's a story for another day. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, if you make a mistake, you know, and I have to stand before you guys. Amen. And maybe I'll just do a durag or something. <laughs> But anyways, he did an okay job. But I observed that in this fellow's house, I mean, his laptop was open and he was just observing how many new cases of coronavirus were showing up. So, I mean, there is, there is this site where, you know, through metrics you could see as the cases are increasing and as people are dying. And that's what he was watching. He was just watching it. You know, I was done cutting my hair. And then I got home, and then I called two hours later to ask for something. And then he said, Pastor, do you know 
that in the past two hours, between the time you were in my house and now, 10,000 people have died. You know, something like that. No, I, I can't remember the exact number. I said, shut down that laptop now. Listen, be aware of what is happening. By all means, be aware. But protect your spirit. That's all I'm saying. Protect your spirit. Listen, being paranoid and being frantic about all the happenings is not going to help you anyway. So how about you focus on the word of God? This is not denial. This is faith. I'm saying focus on things that's, that can edify. Stir your heart with, with the word of God. It's so important. And that's why we're taking this month, you know, to give you ammunition in the word of God. That's your defense. That's all you have. All right? And you know, the interesting thing is this. One thing that we can learn from this period, and one thing that this period is going to do for us, is that it's going to test your concept of safety. What a lot of people saw to be safe before was an illusion. A lot of people embraced the illusion of safety forever. You see, it took COVID-19 to help people realize something that has been true about the world since the fall of Adam. Can I tell you something? Since the fall of Adam, nothing has been safe. Nothing. Nothing. But you see, a lot of people embrace the illusion of safety. There are two perspectives to safety. You know, there is the natural human perspective based on self-trust. Based on observation, you want to go out, you observe, observe the weather report, you know, check the news, is the road safe, and all of that. You check Google, and you go out. And then there's the perspective of safety that is based on the word of God. So now, I want to ask you a question. A lot of you still haven't seen anybody who has coronavirus, and I'm saying this respectfully for those who might have seen, all right? But a lot of you have not seen anybody affected with it, you know, and you've not been infected with it, and you will never be in Jesus' name. You know, but the point is, you are so scared. And fear was inoculated into your system by what you saw in the news. And so this should challenge your sense and your concept of safety in the first place. It means all this while, you felt it was safe to go out because CNN said so. That's what I'm trying to say. And so this period is going to confront your concept of safety. Why are you scared? Why are you scared? And you know, you know what the whole world is literally waiting for? For them to turn on the TV one morning and then CNN announces, Good news. Coronavirus has been defeated all over the world, and you say, yay, and then you go out again. Can I tell you something? The world will never, by normal human estimation, be safe. It will never be safe. It will never be safe. So you have to make sure that your sense and your concept of safety is based on trust in God. Trust in God. That's something you can learn from this period. Oh, if I've, if I've been so scared, that means my focus was on the wrong thing. I need to repent. I need to start trusting in God. I need to base my faith on something more solid. If you think this is the last pandemic the world will ever experience, you are joking. You don't know the Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything has gone wrong since Adam. Everything. The Bible says, Romans chapter 8 verse 21, Romans 8 21, it says, because the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of the corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. It's saying creature itself is praying to be delivered. Even the soil knows something is wrong. The waters know something is wrong. Everything is wrong. And so, there will keep being one trouble or another. One trouble or, or another. If you think that after, you know, just because they announce and they say, oh, it's safe for you to go out, then it's safe. 
You, you really are joking. You know what the Bible says? Psalm 91 verse 5. Psalm 91 verse 5. It says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Oh, so there's terror by night. There's terror by night. This is something that cannot be affected by the bolt on your door. By all means, shut your door well, but there is terror by night. You shall not be afraid of terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day. Listen, you may go out and you feel safe. Oh, everything is all right. And the Bible says there are arrows flying. These are things that have been scientifically proven with the natural eyes. You cannot see a virus, for instance. You cannot see a virus. But there is a virus out there ravaging people, killing people, and nobody can see it with their natural eyes. So people are out there and they are literally arrows. Invisible assaults. Do you see what I'm talking about? Invisible assaults. Some of them spiritual, some of them manifest, you know, in a natural biological way as plagues, as disease. But the Bible says there are arrows flying in the day. Again, I'm asking you, what informs your sense of safety? Oh, it's a fair weather today. Thank God Ebola is gone. I mean, this is, this, is, this is something that we must be conscious of. Why does he say we shall not be afraid? <laughs> because of the presence of God. Not because of any vaccine or any cure, but because of the presence of God. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Pestilence is walking. Yeah, he's speaking metaphorically, but this is real stuff. Diseases and plagues are operating in darkness, seeking to kill and to destroy people. He says, no, of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A lot of people think, you know, during the day is safer than during the night. And generally, you might be correct. But not only does pestilence walk in darkness, there is also destruction wasting at noonday. The noon is the time where the sun is shining the brightest. And the Bible is telling you, even in broad daylight, a lot of wrong things happen. So I'm just telling you, if you're ever going to be truly safe, base your sense of safety on God and on his word. That's so important. All right? So, it is divine guidance that guarantees If that's the only thing you pick today, then we're good. Divine guidance guarantees safety. Divine guidance guarantees safety. Trusting in the Lord to direct your path. Trusting in the Lord to direct your path. You know, I'm going to read to you Psalm 23 because, you know, my goal is not just to teach you. My goal is to read the word of God to you. So it will serenade your soul. Direct your focus. That's what I'm trying to do. I did a lot of that, you know, during the midweek service. We're going to do a little bit of that today. Psalm 23 from verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, glory to God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hey, there is no want in my life because of who guides me, not because of my qualifications, not because of my natural capabilities, but because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, later on, he says his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Listen, the same, the same stick, all right, acts as a rod and as a staff, a rod to ward of the enemy. It can be a weapon of defense and a staff to guide me. I have guidance and guardians in the Lord. Hallelujah. He guides and he guards. His rod and staff. 
that's my shepherd. Direction, provision, and protection I have in the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Listen, this is the time to say the word of God over your life. Declare the word of God over your life. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. This is not where I'm going to today. I've taught on this, you know, this verse 2 and verse 3, you know, in other sermons. But I'm just going to touch on it briefly for the benefit of those who might be hearing me say this for the first time. You know, why does he say, lie down in green pastures? He's using the metaphor, God is shepherd, we are sheep. And we lie down in green pastures, you know. So why aren't we eating if we are sheep and there is green pasture? Why aren't we eating? Why are we lying down? It's a picture of satisfaction. It's a picture of satisfaction, meaning we have eaten, we are satisfied, and we're just chilling. That's, that's, that's my God. That's the picture of, of the protective and the, the provisional power of God in my life. I have eaten, I'm satisfied. I'm not a hustling, you see. If I was a sheep who just had access to a a field to eat quickly and go. Then I'm not going to lie down. I'm just going to eat and walk away. But there is enough food. No anxiety, no worry. So I've eaten and I'm, 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 I'm lying down. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And now this is the part I want to emphasize today. He says, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Hallelujah. I am led, this is supernatural guidance now, in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And now he says, yay! Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. So this is the thing. What is your concept of safety? That's what we're trying to identify. A lot of people identify safety as the absence of trouble. And so, when the Lord says, go, and they see trouble on the way, they begin to wonder what happened. That's not the way it works. He's saying, he leads me in the path of righteousness. And because I am led by him, it doesn't matter anymore. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, because I am led by him, I fear no evil. Can I tell you something? If the Lord is with you, it doesn't matter the dangers that surround you. You have nothing to be afraid of. I am redefining your concept of safety, re-engineering your concept of safety. A lot of people think that their life is threatened because the world has danger. But the Bible is saying, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yay! Because of the guidance of the Lord, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there is no fear in my life. Think about that. There is a difference between what is right and what is easy. He didn't promise it would be easy. He said he will lead you in the path of righteousness. Can I tell you something? Sometimes the Lord leads you to go in a particular direction It is not easy, but it is right. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, and the end thereof is the way of death. The way that you think is simple, the way that you think is beneficial, the way that you think everyone is going, the end thereof is the way of death. So never base your safety or your sense of safety thereof on popular opinion. Don't ever do that to yourself. Praise the Lord. This is so crucial. He guides me in the path of righteousness. And now, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I still am not afraid. (laughs) I'm still, do you know what he calls the valley of the shadow of death? He means people are dying all around. And they are operating in such an environment. Still doesn't matter. Hallelujah. Still doesn't matter. Glory be to God. Still doesn't matter. Still makes no difference. Say, that's my life. Hallelujah. So you have to rethink your idea of safety. (laughs) Rethink your idea of safety. 
just weeks ago, we all could shake anybody, hug anybody, and now we feel that it's not safe to do so. Listen, follow all the guidelines and that's fine. But I'm saying, if you are waiting for CNN to say, oh, you can shake again, you can hug again, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Be wise. Follow all the, you know, the, the health precautions. But I'm just saying, you have to have a deeper sense of safety as a believer. Deeper sense. Deeper sense. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 1? It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it, they labor in vain that build it, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Hallelujah. I mean, this period has taught us... Great people have been taken down by this plague. It's a humbling experience. Every human sense of security has been challenged. So what I'm proposing to you is not as if you have any choice right now. There is no cure. There is no vaccine, at least for now. Trust in the Lord. And don't just trust in the Lord to come out of this pandemic. Make it a new concept of safety in your life. I will do all that I need to do. I will be responsible, but I will trust only in the Lord. I will employ whatever security measures I can employ, but I will trust only in the Lord. You know, some people, it's funny, some people have given up on 2020 already. And, you know, there are jokes about it, you know. And I laugh about them too. Someone called God on the phone. He said, hello? Um, please, let's remove 2020 from my age. You know, that was funny, hilarious. Remove 2020 from my age. Forget about my birthday. We'll do it next year. Remove 2020 from my age. And whilst you might laugh at things like that, make sure that you don't give up on the year. Can I tell you something? There will always be good in the land, no matter how bad things get. Always. I, I don't even know if I have the permission to share this with you, but two days ago, someone told me, you know, DM'd me and told me she got a job with World Bank. And I mean, this pandemic, when millions of people are losing their jobs, people are still getting dream jobs. And then she sent me the screenshots you know, of the employment, I was like, <laughs> this is incredible. This is incredible. You got your dream job at a time where millions of people are losing jobs. Hallelujah. Oh, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It can be different for you. It can be a different experience for you. Stop looking at what everybody is saying and look into the word. Don't forget what we read from the book of Job. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Don't lose the supernatural edge in your life by thinking in a natural way consistently. Look into the word of God. See what God has said about you. That's so important. I fear no evil. He says why? Not because I have my sanitizer, even though you should. I have my mask, even though you should. He said, because thou art with me. He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I am comforted by the protective power of God. Ha, 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 ha. He has replaced fear with comfort. Ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fear with comfort. He has filled my heart with songs of deliverance. Songs I'm singing. In a time of trouble, he has put a song in my mouth. Songs of deliverance. Songs of protection. I'm comforted by the rod of God. Hallelujah. Listen, this is the time to embrace the word of God over your life. 
His rod has brought me comfort. His rod has brought me safety. His rod has brought my family safety. Oh, his rod has brought me comfort. In a time of trouble, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, no fear. There is a difference between precaution and fear. We're going to talk about all of this on Wednesday. All right? A difference between precaution and fear. No fear. Hallelujah. Thou art with me. I'm repeating this thing so that you can say it over yourself. The rod and the staff of the Lord Jesus has comforted me. The rod and the staff of God has comforted my local church. Comforted every loved one, every family member. Comforted of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So once again, the theme is fortress. Fortress. Psalm 91 verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord. Listen, I told you, you need to talk about your God in this period. Everybody is talking about the virus. You talk about your God. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. This is a perspective of God you must have. I see God as a fortress. My God in him I trust. I trust him for my security. In God I have fortress. He is my fortress. And I trust him. It's a way to see God. What is a fortress? A large place of safety. A large fortified building. In ancient times, times, some rich countries will have buildings that are so fortified you can't get in. Many documentaries will tell you, for instance, about the White House and how secure the White House is. There is a mighty fortress in God. And that's why I, I got Theophilus to do that hymn for you. A mighty fortress is our God. Oh, this is a confession to have. A mighty fortress is my God. A mighty, I dwell in safety. Hi, yeah, yeah. I dwell in safety. I dwell in safety. In the name of Jesus is a citadel of safety. I dwell in safety. I dwell in a citadel of safety. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. A fortress is a place of exceptional security. Listen, the security over my life is exceptional. You may not always see it, but it's there. I'm saying it so that you can say it too. The security over my life is exceptional. Exceptional. Ha, 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 ha. I, I have exceptional security. Exceptional security. Glory be to God. Exceptional security. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Psalm 91 verse 9. It says, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge... Even the most high thy habitation. Look, look at the figure of speech. He's talking about making God a dwelling place. A place of safety. How do you do that? By meditation. By changing your concept of safety. God is my place of safety. I dwell safely in the Lord. He is my refuge. My safe house. Make the Lord your safe house. Yeah, he dwells in you by faith in salvation. But you dwell in him in terms of security by meditation and understanding. Say of the Lord, he is your fortress. Say it of him. Don't wait till things are calm to start making these declarations. Some of us, you know, we say Psalm 91 after we're done praying and we want to go and sleep. Psalm 91. This is the time to declare it. Declare it boldly. Hallelujah. Even if people are dying by your side, is that not what he says? A thousand shall fall by your side and ten thousand by your right hand. Makes no difference. You keep saying of the Lord, I dwell in safety. I dwell safely. He is my safe house. He is my fortress. I have exceptional security in him. I'm exceptionally protected. Exceptionally secure. Exceptionally secure. 
Hallelujah. And this is something that has been said of the Lord repeatedly in many different texts. I quoted some of them to you. I'll just read some of them to you very quickly and then we round off. We start getting ready to round off. In 2 Samuel chapter 22 verse 3, 2 Samuel chapter 22 verse 3, it says, the God of my strength in him I will trust. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. My strength is of him. My strength is from him. The God of my strength in whom I trust, my shield. Ah, yeah, yeah. He's my shield. I am shielded from the virus. You know, it's interesting. You know, he says, there shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling place. And how does he say that? How does he say that will happen? He says he will give his angels charge over you. Angels can protect you from a plague. You know what I'm doing? I'm stirring your heart with faith. If you didn't know that about angels, now you know. Now you know. And he says, the Lord is your shield. <laughs> the horn of your salvation, my stronghold. A stronghold, you know, is a safe place to a big building. A place that you can't easily break into. Fortified with soldiers and all kinds of protective measures. He says, the Lord is your stronghold. Reconsider your concept of safety. Place your safety in the Lord. The Lord is my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. Hallelujah. <laughs> he says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved <laughs> for my enemies. This is my concept of safety. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved. Psalm chapter 3, verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You, O Lord, are a shield for me. He calls him a shield. Psalm 32, verse 7. I'm going through this quickly because I read this to you on Wednesday. Psalm 32, verse 7. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I, I quoted this offhand earlier. You are my hiding place. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There is a fortress in God. A place of safety in God. Listen to this. A place where virus cannot get into. <laughs> a place virus cannot get into. You have a fortress in God. No virus can get there. A mighty fortress is our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. Refuge. So many times you see metaphors of security. God as a safe place, a building. Safe from the entry of the enemy. Safe from plagues. I like this one. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. You see how these metaphors are used time and again? Fortress, refuge, stronghold, strong tower. A place you can't break out of. You can't break into. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Hallelujah. Listen, at a time like this, there is hope for your safety. Child of God listening to me, there is hope for your safety. There is hope for your safety. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's a fortified building. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Hallelujah. Oh, say that with me. I'm safe. Safe and secure. I dwell in safety. Glory to God. I dwell safely. Glory to God. Thank you, dear Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Look at Psalm chapter 59. Psalm chapter 59. I just want to show you the, the many places where this metaphor is used. Psalm chapter 59 verse 16. Psalm 59 verse 16. It says, but I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense and my refuge in the day of my trouble. You have been my defense and my refuge. So meaning, oh, glory to God. It says, in the day of trouble, you've been my defense. When you look back and you remember this pandemic, years from now, this will be your testimony. He was my defense. He was my refuge. In the day of trouble, he was my defense and my refuge. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? He is my defense and my refuge. In, in the day of trouble, he is my defense. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm chapter 4 verse 8. I like this one. Psalm chapter 4 verse 8. Keep declaring this over your life. I will lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You alone. As far as safety is concerned, it is from you. You alone cause me to dwell in safety. Hallelujah. I'm talking about re-engineering your concept of safety. You alone cause me to dwell in safety. Thanks be to God. He causes us to dwell safely. Thanks be to God. He causes us to dwell safely. We are safe and secure in his arms. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 121 verse 7. Psalm 121 verse 7. It says, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. Oh, thank you, Jesus. My going out and my coming in is preserved of the Lord. At home, I dwell safely. Outside, I dwell safely. He will preserve my going out and my coming in. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. So, I said all of that to say this. You see, as it pertains to the world as a whole, the destiny of the world is different from your destiny. Understand that. Don't ever, as a Christian, look at the, the way a year is going and write yourself off. Don't ever look at the happenings in your environment and accept that as your own experience. Never do that. Because the Bible never promised that things are going to go well in the world. You know, I've been seeing a lot of things on social media. A lot of people don't really understand biblical prophecy. They're saying, oh, Christianity has failed. You know, what happened? Why is there a pandemic in the world? And all of that. Hey, if anything, it confirms what the Bible has always said. The world is falling. Nobody is safe by their own human understanding. And by their own human capabilities. There is no safe place in the whole world. It confirms scripture. You have to embrace your own destiny. The destiny of the earth is already fixed. This world is approaching destruction. You have to understand that. It's clear in the word of God. I should read it to you. Look at 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 5. It says, But they want to forget that God spoke and the heavens were made long ago. The earth was made out of water and water was all around it. Long ago, the earth was covered with water and it was destroyed. The earth was covered with water and it was destroyed. But the heaven we see now... And the earth we live, we live on now have been kept by his word. He says, they will be kept until they are to be destroyed by fire. You see, God vowed never to destroy the earth by water anymore and he would not. 
but the earth will still be destroyed by fire. So you have to understand the destiny of the world that you are in. So anybody who sees things getting worse and is confused, he does not know the word of God. There's nothing to be confused about. Nothing to be confused about. That's the destiny of the earth. Embrace your own destiny. You have a destiny in God. He offers you eternal life. Everyone who believes in Jesus will live forever. And then, you see, as you anticipate the coming of Christ and all of that, you can trust in him to dwell safely on the earth today. Can I tell you something? God has ordained for the world to see a clear difference between those who know the Lord and those who don't. And that does not mean we are better. We are not better. Everyone has the opportunity to live this quality of life by faith in Jesus. Everybody. But it's our destiny. It's our destiny. When you read how Moses operated, how Pharaoh must have seen Moses, and then you, you should just wonder, like, that was under the law? Under the law, Moses? Moses lived like that? How much more are we? Moses had so much control over the plague. In fact, I'm going to read, you know, the story. Starting from the first plague, in Exodus chapter 15, maybe I should just read this to you. Did I say Exodus 15? Exodus 7. Exodus 7 from verse 15. The Bible says, God speaking. It says, go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water. So there is a path that Pharaoh takes to the, to, to the water, to the rivers. A path that he's known to take. And God says, go that same path and block him. <laughs> you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. With your rod, which was turned to a serpent, you shall take it in hand. And you shall tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. He says, and if he doesn't let the people go, this is what you will do. Let me read that to you from verse 17. Behold, he says, I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and it shall be turned to blood. And this is the part that I want you to see. In verse 20, the Bible says, And Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord had commanded. So he lifted the rod and struck the waters that were in the rivers in the sight of Pharaoh. He did it in presence of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And it turned to blood. Praise the name of Jesus. So now, I want you to understand what Pharaoh's psychology would have been as it pertains to plagues and the children of God. What was his mindset? When in his presence, he sees Moses strike water with rod and it turns to blood. So he's now, he's now like, oh, these guys, they have control over the plague. God did it on purpose. Listen, God did not just make the plagues to happen just like that. He made Moses do it. That's why he said, I will make you a God to Pharaoh, meaning you will act in my stead. I want to teach the world that not only am I God, but I have called and ordained my kids to walk like me. You have to understand that. A lot of people say, oh, there is a God out there, and that's great. There is a God out there. But how is he going to manifest in our day? Through his children. So, God is telling Moses what to say, what to do. And he's backing, backing up Moses' words with signs. This is our destiny. Moses speaks, Aaron acts, God confirms. So at a time like this, we need to ask ourselves, who has God made us to be? Who has he made us to be? Who has he made us to be? You know, the Bible also tells us then about the next plague. Moses told Pharaoh, according to the word of the Lord, he said, I, I'm going to stretch my rod and frogs are going to 
fill the whole land. They're going to fill the whole land. You're not going to find it comfortable. You're not going to find any space to stay. And he did so. The Bible says, frogs started coming from the waters. Fill the land of the Egyptians. <laughs> Exodus chapter 8 verse 6. It says, so Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt. And frogs came out and covered the land of Egypt. He stretched out his rod. Stretch out, stretched out his rod. I want to ask you this. Have those days gone? Have those days gone? Just imagine Moses and Aaron being scared of a plague. Just imagine that. Just imagine that. They had control. Listen, and that's not, of course, because of the destiny of the earth, Things are going to go worse. A lot of people try to say, is, is God behind the plague? Nobody has to be behind anything for things to get worse in the world. You have to understand that. But I'm just saying, as children of God, we have a destiny to live above. That's why I'm, that's why I'm reading to you these stories. It's our destiny to live above these things. It's our destiny. You have to embrace it as a possibility in God. Because if you don't, you're, going, you're not going to see it. Embrace it as a possibility in God. Look at Exodus chapter 9. I just want to run through, through this. All right? Exodus chapter 9 from verse 8. <laughs> Glory to God. The Bible says, So the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, Take for yourself handful of ashes from a furnace, and let Moses scatter it towards the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And why am I reading this to you? Because one thing is emphasized throughout this story. In the sight of Pharaoh. So, just imagine. Pharaoh, because of the hardness of his heart, will not listen. He will see the beginning of a plague and the end of a plague. And Moses was the key. So he still won't listen. Mind you, all of this is happening because Pharaoh and Egypt were wicked. They had tormented the children of Israel. And all that, all that God wanted is, let my people go. Let my people go. You don't want them here. You are enslaving them. Let them go, but they won't listen. So there is a justice defense for this. And, and I don't have to, time to go into that. All right. But the point is this. So he takes the ashes he throws it into the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And what happens? The Bible says the dust fills the land of Egypt. And then it caused boils. <laughs> boils to break out into sores on, upon men and animals throughout the land. So that was a plague. How did it originate? Something that Moses did. How did all this stop? Pharaoh called for Moses to say, please, entreat God and stop this plague. Entreat God and stop this plague. So I'm just trying to create a picture in your mind about where Pharaoh was and what he saw Moses was capable of doing. And I just want to stir, stir your mind at a time like this. How am I to live? What is meant to be my mentality? What is meant to be my focus? What is meant to be my focus? Because not only does God have the power, he wants us to act like his children and to show the world that indeed you can live above a plague. It's a possibility in God. You know, at times like this, everybody wants to be reasonable at the expense of the word of God. Everybody's like, you know, but this is the time to emphasize what the word of God says more than ever before. It says, this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Don't forget where I started. If you don't embrace a different experience by supernatural advantage, your experience will not be different from that of the world. Embrace the word of God over your life. Endorse it. How are you going to do it? 
by meditation. I want to challenge you. Can I tell you something? You don't really have physical assemblies anymore. Not really. You don't have at all. There is nobody to watch how you're praying and to encourage you to pray more. I want to encourage. I want to appeal to you. Remember, you don't have a choice. There is no vaccine. There is no cure. Sit down with these texts. Sit down with this. I've made this as simple as possible. All right. High-sounding, grandiose speech is not my problem at all. I can dish out Greek words without number and all of that. But sit down with these texts, with these references. Read them. Meditate on them. Endorse them over your life. Hallelujah. Because can I tell you something? You can stop God's plan for your life in your own life by unbelief. By poor expectancy, you can stop it. Even if he has destined for you to live far above all these experiences, if you don't embrace it in the word of God, endorse it in the word of God, you will not see it. I'm appealing to you to do so. I want to read something to you. Psalm chapter 78, verse 41. Someone said, ah, past day, make it longer. And you know I can keep it for 10 hours, even impromptu. But the point is, when the sermon is done, go and pray. Go and pray. Go and pray. Sometimes, it is not about being bombarded with knowledge. It's about, you, you need time to meditate. Go and think about this. Look at this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, I don't know if you've seen this before. Just look at Psalm chapter 78, verse 41. Some of you who are seeing this for the first time, I mean, you are not going to believe what you're about to read, but it's right there. It says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel. <laughs> and you're like, what limited God? He's unlimited. He's boundless in his power and his influence. Yes. But he's not going to walk in your life without permission. And by the time you just, at a time like this, spend the whole time, all day, looking at updates, countries with new corona cases, as if you walk with the disease agency. You just might limit the power of God over your life. Meditate on the word of God. Declare his word over your life. Because can I tell you something? Everything I read to you today is true. It's your destiny to live above disease. It is. It is. It is. But if you allow the doubt, you're going to limit God in your life. The Bible says they turned back. They tempted God. They limited God. There are people in whose lives God would have his power manifest. But he cannot because they've limited him. I want to challenge you. Take the limits off. Embrace your destiny in God. It's a supernatural destiny you have in God. Embrace it. Embrace it. Can I tell you something? If you see yourself not praying as you should, do whatever you need to do. Have online you know, prayer partners. Call someone with a WhatsApp call. Um, give someone a phone call. Pray. In fact, I, I want to give you that instruction. Have three people that you will pray with over the phone this week. Do that. But the, the fact is this. You need to stir your mind to focus on the miracle working power of God. You have to. Because it's our destiny. Hallelujah. You can live above the plague. You're meant to be the healer and not the one afraid of contracting it. There's something wrong if you are afraid. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So take time to meditate on who you are. Hallelujah. 
Start seeing the pictures in the word of God. It says you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It doesn't matter what the sickness is, including COVID-19. You shall lay hands on this. The world might not have a vaccine yet. You know, and, and someone is like, why don't we heal everybody? We're going to talk on that on Wednesday. We're going to talk on that on Wednesday. Hallelujah. But the point is this. It's a provision in the word of God. It's our destiny. We're meant to see it. And I dare say a lot of people have been seeing it already. Hallelujah. We will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I'm going to give you a few minutes now. Meditate on these words. And just begin to worship him right now. Worship him. Worship him. He's the healer. He's walking through your life. And you're taking the limits of... You're not going to limit his power in your, in your life. You're not going to limit his power in your, in your life. So worship him right now. Thank him. Thank him. Glory to your name. I want you to see the visions of God. See yourself safe and secure in his arms. Safe and secure in his name. See yourself in his stronghold. Ay, ay, ay. A place no disease can break into. A place where you cannot be touched by any plague, any affliction. See yourself in the refuge of God. See yourself in the fortress of God. Ay, ay, ay. A place of exceptional security from disease. That's my life and that's my destiny. I embrace it by faith right now. Oh, Father, my faith is stirred. My faith is stirred. My faith is stirred. My faith is stirred. Stirred in your word right now. Safe and secure from all alarms. Safe and secure from all attacks. Safe and secure by the power of God. Safe and secure I am. Thank you, dear Jesus. Glory to your name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High <laughs> shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hi, 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 hi. I am not vulnerable. I am kept and I am secure by the mighty power of God. Kept safe and secure. Oh, thank you, dear Jesus. Kept safe and secure. Glory to your name, Father. That's my life. That's the destiny of my family. I want to read to you Psalm 91 from the Message Translation. The Message Translation. You know. And this is very stirring. You know what it says? It says, You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in the shadows, in, the, in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you are my refuge. I like the modern language here. He's telling you to say it. Say this, God, you are my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps. I am rescued from hidden traps. Rescued from hidden traps. Rescued from hidden traps. He rescues you from hidden traps. Shields you 
from deadly hazards. I'm shielded from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arm protects you. Under them, you are perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing. Fear nothing, he says. Not the wild wolves of the night, not the flying arrows in the day. Not disease that prowls through darkness, not desire, disaster that erupts at noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. No harm will even graze you. It won't even come close. No harm would grace you. Oh, this is my destiny in God. Oh, I'm free from deadly hazards. I'm free from deadly hazards. I'm free from deadly hazards. Say that over your life. I'm free from deadly hazards. He says you will stand untouched and watch it all from a distance. You will stand untouched and watch, watch it all from a distance. You will hear of it, but you're watching from a distance. You stand untouched, watching from a distance. He says, because God is your refuge and the high God your home, evil can't get close to you. Ham can't get through the door. Ham cannot get through your door. Every attempt against your health will continue to fail. Ham can't get through the door. He says he ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they will catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You walk unharmed upon lions and snakes. You kick young lions and serpents from the path. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He says, if you hold on to me for their life, says God, I will get you out of any trouble. If you will put your trust in him, if you will make your life depend on him, he said he will get you out of trouble. He will get you out of trouble. He will get you out of trouble. Ha, 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 ha. Thank him. He will get you out of trouble. This one and any other one to come. He will get you out of trouble. I like what he says. He says, call me and I will answer you. Verse 15. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you. Then throw a party. <laughs> Thank you, dear Jesus. At the end of all this drama, when the pandemic is past, we're going to throw a party. And God will be our song. He will be our song. Just sing about him right now. Testify of his goodness. Testify of his security. Pray the spirit for three minutes right now. Man tongrezo televenendos, atongrezo katalivenendo kuparaktas. Zaton de rebedi geneviya, lijan de rebedi gidi, libedendo gruze, valan de rebotongrez, lason de rebedi gide vahaktas, asuzu ze televenendo dorigeda, kratongrezu ze kebakura takaya, abalato kondre de givene, lason de rebedi gode, libara de rebedo. Ratolo bandere bokombre de give, Susa talabarandere bedo, Ratongo sheke, Baletongre suze, Abalatondere bedige, Balatongre suze, Latogra suza calabatele venendo corre, Liga daligo de vredigede, Frato sete le venecura, Aratongre suze que venendo, Azatongre sute le venenda cara, O sefa secure. In the fortress of the Most High, safe and secure, Lato Grace, Zatolomondo Rebide Venea, Abalando Rondo Venegida, Baloton de Rebedige, Zata Labarondo Roboto Comprete Give, Securata Labarondo Rotongre Zata Labaya. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Latogris, Satongres, Valenonde, Abalatongres, Tevenendo Korean, the Levenendos, Sevenendo Congresos, Kevenegia. Thank you, dear Jesus. Glory to your name, Father. Father, we thank you. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.